Hello friends, welcome to another edition of Untorn. This is Jay Trainer sharing with you from Studio 14B, the Untorn motto, Broadcasting Life, Broadcasting Love. Enjoy these next few moments seeking out these realities from God's Word in our time together. And now, on to the podcast. Hey friends, Jay Trainer here for Untorn. Welcome aboard where we are Broadcasting Life and Broadcasting Love. Uh, normally, I broadcast from Studio 14B, otherwise known as <laughs> my living room. Uh, but again, today we're continuing on with broadcasting here at Church Radiant. This is uh, home uh, for me of sorts here. I uh, have the chance to work as a uh, part-time pastor here, volunteer pastor of sorts. And uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be with you. We have been looking throughout this season here on season 10 of Untorn, we have been looking at uh, what it means to have personal retreat. We're kind of going back to the basics of what personal retreat looks like and how I can become rooted and established in having my own personal retreat time, uh, breaking up the normal rhythms of life and, and ultimately having the opportunity to go on personal retreat. And now we're going to move into some more of the logistics of a personal retreat, what that looks like, what that ultimately is about for me and what that might mean for you. And uh, as much as we have been focusing on the foundational elements of a retreat, a personal retreat, the first couple of episodes in season 10 of Untorn, here for episode four, we're looking at the setting and the importance of the setting and what the setting is meant to represent for you and what the setting is meant to represent for me. Uh, what's the ideal setting for a retreat or a personal retreat? Ideally, for me, it's meant to be a haven, uh, a sanctuary, a place of rest, uh, a location that will ultimately promote peace. Uh, I want to find places and locations that are all about peacefulness, uh, a safe place to be able to get away from the normal rhythms of life that are not going to interrupt or cause conflict and things of that nature. I think you might understand what I'm getting at. You don't want to go to a place that is toxic or has negative personal connection or connotation or whatever the play, whatever uh, that negative environment might ultimately be. Now, my favorite place for solitude, for quiet time, is a place up in the Adirondacks called Beaver Camp. Now, I also love going to another place called Wilmington Camp, but in terms of solitude, in terms of connection points, uh, I love being able to turn off all my devices and know full well that I am not going to be interrupted whatsoever. I love it and I hate it all at once. It's that internal tug of war, so to speak. Uh, I want to be connected normally by different devices like my iPad or the phone or uh, different things. Uh, but when it comes to Beaver Camp, there's absolutely no cell phone reception whatsoever. There's nothing. You can't even get Verizon there. And Verizon's like the go-to of cell phone companies for signal, uh, service signal in remote locations. Well, Beaver Camp doesn't have it. Uh, if you want to be connected, you can try and jump on their Wi-Fi, but their Wi-Fi signal up at Beaver Camp 
is sometimes hard to access and other times it gets really slow. It gets bogged down. In fact, Beaver Camp is 30 minutes to the nearest anything. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about it. It's this remote location and I love it. Uh, it's a chance for me to get away. The setting is serene. It's beautiful. It's in the middle of the Adirondacks and nothing is going to interrupt me just like nothing is going to interrupt you if you find locations just like that now settings they impact you at an individual level uh, and your accessibility along with different interruptions see, see i can sit here and i'll notice on my ipad if if there's a notification that comes up or my phone in my pocket might start ringing for whatever reason and uh I'm all of a sudden accessible to different people and different conflict and different things that happen. And I'm not sure that that accessibility is the best for personal retreat time. Maybe you think it is, but I don't know. For me, it's something that I need to break away from when it comes to personal retreat. Maybe you like it, but it's hard for growth and it's really hard to get quiet. Uh, so what stuff do you bring on retreat? What stuff do you bring to these different settings or locations where you want to dive in and have some private time with the Lord? Well, in a future episode, we're going to be covering uh, those details in, we're going to be looking at those details more so later on. Uh, but when it comes to the basic rule of thumb is it, it really depends on your self-control. Are you going to answer the notification that comes across your screen in those moments. Three important notes about the wear factor and the setting of ultimately meeting with God. First one is this. Now in the Old Testament, overall, it's all about location, location, location. You have these different settings with the tabernacle, the synagogues, uh, construction of different things. You have the Holy of Holies. Um, you have different names that are recognized uh, of these special geographical areas of, of victory and God's movement in those certain locations, whether it's crossing the River Jordan or uh, something along those lines. Uh, in fact, the uh, Israelites were called to build a, a stack of stones, what we call a Karen, uh, for those memories, memorial stones, if you will, of God moving and remembering the fact that he ultimately did something very unique and powerful in those in those places. Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 very much specifically talk about the uh, location of where God met Moses in the middle of the desert, in the middle of this wilderness. Uh, he calls to Moses from inside a burning bush and says, Moses, Moses, come near, come near. Oh, by the way, take off your sandals because the place in which you are standing is holy ground. So in the Old Testament, it was about location, location, location. Memories and ultimately honoring those places where God moved and what he did and how he stirred up victory in the midst of uh, conflict, in the midst of chaos and confusion. Second point is this holiness that is more on the outside in, in terms of relationship to God, these 
location, geographical locations, holiness in the New Testament moves to within. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 talks about how you and I are the holy hangout, the holy temple of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 discusses and talks about how the Holy Spirit dwells within me and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 22 talks about how the Holy Spirit has been given as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It's amazing when you think about it. There's this holy attribute that you and I are ultimately called to that is meant to be experienced in these different settings, these different locations, in our encounter with the Lord. In fact, so much so that we are, and this is the third point, is that we're called to holiness. John 17 talks about how Jesus prays for those that are coming after to be sanctified, which means to be set apart for ultimately his usage, what he wants to develop inside of you and inside of me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 talks about how we are to be holy ultimately as, as he is holy. So we are meant to walk in the holiness of the work of God that he has already accomplished. Now for me, it's very easy to get mixed up in walking and being with Jesus from a doing point of view. I need to do my devotions. I need to spend time with God in prayer. I need to do these different things. Almost like thinking about trying to achieve holiness. But in reality, it's a response to the divine. It's a response to the invitation that says God says, God proclaiming and saying, come near to me. Come to where I am at. I'm going to receive you. My arms are open wide and I am there for you. Unfortunately, too, what it all means is that not everyone will necessarily receive or walk in this invitation. So we have these three things. Talking about setting, where again in the Old Testament, overall it was concerned with location, 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 tabernacles, synagogues, holy of holies, uh, the different places where God moved and there were memorial stones that were set up for how God moved. We talked about how holiness uh, in the New Testament moves to within the individual that you and I are the, the holy hangout of God, uh, the, the temple of the Lord in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, uh, how the Holy Spirit dwells within in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, and how the Holy Spirit's been given to you and in how the Holy Spirit's been given to me as a deposit in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. So what does it all mean? I think the Lord can be found in many different environments and locations. Let me read to you out of uh, Psalm, uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 139, uh, verse 7. Check this out. We'll pull this up here. Read this to you, verses 7 through 12. It reads as follows. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, 
Even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Now, this is all in the context and the reality of how God can be met. The word is omnipresent, meaning that God is everywhere all at once. It's a theological term that means ever-present. He is the ever-present one. He's the ever-present one with you and the ever-present one with me. Now, as it relates to setting and personal retreat, I think it's important to find those locations, those places where we can have depth with the Lord, where we can be raw, where we can be real, where we can be authentic and genuine and vulnerable in those locations. Because in the mind's eye, it reminds us to ultimately continue to surrender to his holiness, to continue to walk and live the life each and every day. We're not done yet. We are ultimately meant to keep pressing forward, even though we might be exhausted one day, even though we might not know how to carry on. We are meant to continue to press on each and every day. And it's important to remember that, that God can be met even in the dark places of our hearts, even in the dark places of our lives, even when we feel like we are it, that no one understands us, that no one gets us. He can be pursued and he's going to be there with arms wide open. That's awesome. I can't even put words to describe that feeling deep within. Because I know that there are times where circumstances try to dictate a certain reality to me and maybe a certain reality to you. But when I read this verse out of the book of Psalms, chapter 139, these verses rather, verses 7 through 12, it talks about how God is there. God is there. God is the ever-present one. And I know, believe me, I know what it means to go through seasons feeling like he's not there and he doesn't get me. Believe me, I know that all too well. And so we have these unique places, these unique spaces where we can pursue God in a greater capacity than where we are currently at. There are some locations where it's shallow, where it's the checklist of prayer or the circumstances are way too overwhelming. But I have to come back to the reality that even in those shallow prayers that I may have, those checklist moments of life that I have, yep, check the box, it's all done, uh, that God can be found still in those places. That's not to say that I shouldn't pursue the greater depth that he has for me and the greater depth that he has for you. But what that means for me is that I am not alone, even in the conflicts, even in the depths, even in the different things that impact my world, I am not alone. What else does this all mean? Well, second thing, there are going to be private times of worship and these things, these private moments are a wonderful opportunity. 
Matthew 6, verse 6. Let me read it to you. It reads as follows. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Sometimes I know, for me, that I've gone after the Lord for the sake of the blessing. And that's not the reason why we should pursue the Lord. The reason why we should pursue the Lord is ultimately for relationship. I'm made for community with God, and so are you. And as it relates to these private times of worship, it's, it's just that. It's meant to be you and God. And I have to be careful with this because I don't want it to sound like, hey, I don't need others because I do need others. I need to connect with the body of Christ. Uh, I am made for community, not just with God by myself, but I'm made for community with you and you are made for community with others. You are made for community with one another. We are not meant to just be by ourselves. The danger with that is uh, not having accountability. Those checkmark moments, if you will, those other benchmark moments that lead and guide us into what is right. I need people to correct me at times and say, Jay, have you thought about it from this angle? No, I haven't. Thanks for bringing my attention to that reality. And so as much as the Lord can be found in different environments and locations, there's also going to be private times that we can have and should have with the Lord that are worship, worshipful, filled with prayer, filled with just time with God. And the three words that really ring true out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, to me are shut the door behind you. Those three words, shut the door. Get rid of the distractions. Get rid of the life interruptions in those moments because, my friends, uh, you're made for that depth. You're made for that moment with Jesus. You're made for that connection, and so am I. And it's important to remember that those times are massive and huge and so formational into the very core of who I am. The point in all of this is that God loves to meet with us in a very, in sometimes very unique and powerful ways and in many different places. These settings, these moments are designed for us to become more like him. These interactions of personal retreat that we can have with the Lord, we are designed, we are made to become more and more like him. It's his work that unfolds in our lives, not our work. And the cool thing is we are invited to these settings. We are invited into these moments. And that, my friends, is today's untorn. You're made for so much more. I am made for so much more than I can ever think, dream, fathom, or imagine. And it is important to remember that holiness is part of the unique, amazing setting of how God moves and how God works. But it's not just the setting of a geographical location. It's the holiness that he's establishing within me. His ways are much better than my own and his 
thoughts are greater than my own thoughts. And we're made for those realities. So my friends, continue to press into that relationship, knowing full well that the work is already done and that you and I need only to respond and say, yes, Lord, I'm coming to you. I open myself to you. Would you visit me in this time and in these moments? Thank you, my friends, for being part of Untorn, where we broadcast life and broadcast love together. Uh, from normally from Studio 14B, this is Jay Trainer saying so long for now, but from Church Radiant this time. We'll see you soon. God bless you, my friends.